opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Communications, staff, management, or advertisers. Activist Radio is on the air. You have tuned in to the Mark Harrington Show, sponsored by Created Equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders to take on the culture of death and win. You don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. It does come out in one piece. It comes out in one piece. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. And now, here's Mark. So what's the biggest threat we face? That's the question I'm going to answer here on the Mark Harrington Show today. What is the biggest threat that we face as Americans and specifically as the pro-life movement? More specifically than that, the pre-born. What's the greatest or biggest threat that we face uh, right now in America? And uh, if you've been following the program, you know, I just uh, last week was in the UK, uh, spent a week uh, traveling the UK, specifically, mainly London with my son. But I had an opportunity also to speak at the Clarkson Academy there in London, England, to the Center for Bioethical Reform UK, who were fighting to try to keep Northern Ireland free of abortion. Unfortunately, on Monday night at midnight, the parliament, the British parliament got its way and forced Northern Ireland to remove all limits on abortion. So here's another uh, democratic nation, another free nation falling to abortion on demand. And it's happening all across the world. Uh, if you recall last May, uh, the the nation of Ireland itself voted to legalize abortion. So we're seeing this all across the globe that democratic nations are decriminalizing abortion. And, uh, and then you look at the United States and you see something a little bit different. And that is, even though we're, abortion has been decriminalized for 46 years, it's different than where we find it, at least the battle is different than in other places around the country, or, or I'm sorry, around the world. Uh, for example, I, I was in the UK. Uh, and in the UK, uh, it's a very different situation. Uh, abortion is institutionalized. It's, it's hardly even discussed at any level. Uh, both political parties, and, and there are several in the UK, but ma mainly there's the Labour Party and the Conservative Party. But most of the political parties are pro-abortion. You might find a smattering of pro-lifers, smattering of uh, MPs, that is members of parliament on either side of the aisle. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, it's almost a done deal. There's very little debate on abortion. And that's why it was so easy for the parliament, the British, British parliament to impose its will on the province of Northern Ireland. So things are a lot different over in the UK. They're a lot different in Europe. Uh, you know, there's just not this divide on abortion, you know, pro-life and pro-choice based on political parties. Uh, that's not the way it is in the United States. I mean, if you are running for federal office, and for that matter, increasingly uh, at the state level, if you're a Republican, you have to be pro-life. 
If you're a Democrat, you've got to be pro-abortion. That's just how it is. Well, that's not how it is in much of the rest of the world. And that is because uh, there's really very little fight going on on abortion uh, in other countries. Uh, it's also interesting their politics are, are different than here. Uh, it's much more civil over there. You know, the, the British are more proper, if you will. They're, they're more tolerant. You don't see it like it is in America where there's this blood sport, this, this battle, outright just nastiness uh, that has been, you know, been characterized most recently with the, uh, the attacks on Donald Trump and impeachment and all that stuff. It, it's not that way over there. People are a lot more friendlier, I guess, if you will. You could take it that way. I'm not sure that's a good thing, frankly. Uh, I'd rather be in America where you can say what you wish without being concerned about offending people. Uh, I think we've, we've got it better here, obviously, with the First Amendment. It gives us wide, expressive rights to free speech, where in other parts of the world, including the UK, you don't see that. But anyway... Uh, what's happening around the world, these Democrat nations are taking uh, and, and legalizing abortion, decriminalizing abortion. And when you come back to the U.S., like I just did, it, it, it you know, it was refreshing to know that we still have a fight on our hands, uh, that it's not over yet here. There's still a battle going on. And there has been some statistics released, some numbers, some research recently released that shows that the U.S. abortion rate has reached a historic low. In 2020, uh, 2017, the Guttmacher Institute, Guttmacher.org, who releases uh, statistics on abortion, used to be the, the uh, research arm to Planned Parenthood, but now it just does this research for the pro-abortion movement generally, uh, came out with its numbers and said that the abortion rate in the United States has reached a historic low uh, and, and, of course, pro-lifers, as they should, uh, celebrated that. And we generally would point to the implementation of state laws uh, at the state level, uh, laws at the state level, those implementation of, of restrictions on abortion as one of the reasons why the numbers uh, are decreasing. The other thing that pro-lifers look to are the, uh, the closures of the abortion clinics themselves. And so those are two of the main reasons that we might look to to say the abortion numbers in America are decreasing. But if you look a little deeper, if you go beyond the surface of those numbers, it's not so clear. It's just not so clear. Um, there could be something else happening. And I think uh, and, and I'll make the case that I think there is in part something else happening, and that is the advent of chemical or medical abortions and the increased use of those, which are hard to track and sometimes don't end up in the numbers at all. Uh, historically, we have known this by the name of RU486, the chemical abortion pill. Uh, it, it has a different name. Its, it's um, commercial name is really called Mifeprestone or Mifeprex, but some people still call it RU46. doesn't really matter. But Mifeprex is being used more and more. And a lot of times those numbers aren't included 
in the abortion numbers because the abortion industry considers the abortion pill to be contraception in many cases. So when you look at the abortion rate, which is decreasing, and it has reached an all-time low in 2017, you have to wonder what are the reasons for that? I think it can be due to some abortion restrictions at the state level, can be due to the clinics closing. Although if we look at the states that have passed abortion restrictions across the country, um, whether they have or they haven't, the abortion rates are decreasing in all the states almost across America. Uh, in states where there weren't clinic closures, abortion rates are actually decreasing. So I don't think we can point to those two things alone to uh, identify the reasons why abortions are decreasing across America. I think there are other reasons. And the one main reason, in my opinion, is the advent of chemical abortions or what the abortion industry now calls self-managed abortions. So chemical abortions done through RU-46 or the abortion pill or mifeprestone make up 39% of all the abortions performed in the United States currently. Uh, that's way up. The numbers are way up from what they used to be uh, years ago. The And 88% of those chemical abortions occur in the first 12 months of pregnancy. Uh, and half of those in the first 12 months of pregnancy are done through the abortion pill. So when we look at these numbers, we could ask the question, well, are women choosing life more generally? Uh, and therefore, there are no uh, fewer abortions. Um, that's not necessarily the case. Our pregnancies decline. Are fewer women getting pregnant and therefore fewer abortions? Well, the truth of the matter is fertility amongst women has stayed basically the same as, uh, as in the past. <coughs> a lot of people look at the, the use of birth control generally as the reason. But again, that, that has necessar not necessarily been increasing. Some will look at emergency contraception, like uh, that would be skewing the uh, abortion numbers. Uh, of course, I said before that the abortion industry considers many of these uh, types of things as being uh, birth control pills. So, uh, and by the way, many birth control chemicals and devices are what we call abortifacient. They cause an abortion uh, by changing the lining of the uterus to make the, uh, the environment inhospitable to the newly conceived human being. Uh, the American College of Obst Obstetricians and Gynecologists have also redefined pregnancy to include only implantation, not fertilization. So they've, they've changed the terms of what is considered a pregnancy itself, which would also change if, if you're not going to consider fertilization the point at which a woman gets pregnant, you're going to consider implementation or implantation into the mother's uterus as that period of time when you consider a woman pregnant, then that's obviously going to change the numbers. All these things point to something that I think is very sobering, that those numbers, although they're declining and we can celebrate those at a certain level, 
we need to realize that there's a lot of other things that are factoring into that. And I think primarily it's the use of the medical abortion pill, mifeprestone, and the advent of self-managed abortions. Now, I like to call the abortion pill the toilet abortion because that's where a woman will abort. And uh, so we ought to rephrase this, not call it medical abortion. We ought to call them toilet abortions. Uh, the numbers are this. Basically, in 2001, there were about 1.3 million abortions uh, documented in the United States. Of those, 70,000 were what we call toilet abortions or medical abortions. In 2017, 862,000 abortions were committed uh, uh, on preborn babies. And of those, 339,000 of those were toilet abortions. So there's a huge increase in the use of medical abortion or the abortion pill. Uh, and therefore, the numbers are changing. In other words, there are fewer surgical abortion, more medical abortions. And that has changed the landscape and then changed the battle that we find ourselves in. 75% uh, of all Americans still support abortion in the first trimester. That's remained virtually unchanged over the decades. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of support for first trimester abortions where a, a, an increasing number are being committed using the medical abortion pill, uh, mifeprestone, so, or RU46. So all that's to say, what I'd like to do is spend the rest of the time explaining the, what the abortion pill does. So you, as my listeners and viewers will know, and then lay out for you what I consider to be the way forward in the battle. All right. So let's do this. Let's first of all go to, we've got this Planned Parenthood uh, information and how they explain what happens during a medical abortion. And I'd like to read this to you just to give you an idea of what it sounds like coming from the abortion industry. They say the abortion pill process has several steps and includes two different medicines, okay? So there's two different medicines. First, you take a pill called mifeprestone. That's the RU486 aspect of it. This medicine stops the pregnancy from growing. Isn't it interesting? <coughs> Excuse me. Stops the pregnancy from growing? Stops the pregnancy from growing? What is the pregnancy? The pregnancy is the baby. They don't want to use stops the baby from going, growing. They don't want to use that, so they use stops the pregnancy from growing. And what happens when you stop a pregnancy from growing or stop a baby from growing? Uh, how about we rephrase that and call it kills the baby? So it should say the medicine kills the baby. And then it goes on to say some people feel nauseous or start bleeding after taking mifeprestone, but it's not common. Your doctor or your nurse may also give you antibiotics to prevent inf infection. Oh, isn't that nice? The second medicine is called misoprestol. This causes the cramping, by the way. And it says you'll either take misoprestol right away along with mifeprestone, 
or up to 48 hours after you take the first pill, and your doctor or nurse will let you know when to take it. This medicine causes cramping and breeding to empty your uterus. Isn't that a nice clinical way of saying abort your baby, kill your baby? So in other words, the baby's killed by mifeprestone, or mifeprestone, yeah. And then it's expelled by misoprestol. I, I'm not sure I'm, or misoprestol. These, uh, these terms are kind of hard to pronounce. But anyway, and so it's expelled into the toilet. It's a toilet abortion. That's what it is. So you take these two drugs, one at the clinic, supposedly, couple when you get home, and you abort your baby into the toilet. It's a toilet abortion. Now, what I'd like to do is uh, switch gears. So we're going to play a video clip. This is from Live Action, Lila Rose's group. And it's a, uh, a, a documentary, basically, on all abortion uh, procedures. And Dr. Tony Levitino, who is an informant abortionist, explains what the abortion pill does, what, the, what a toilet abortion is like. So go ahead and play that clip. My name is Dr. Anthony Levitino. I'm a practicing obstetrician gynecologist, and I performed over 1,200 abortions. Today I'm going to describe a first trimester medical abortion. This is a procedure in which the mother swallows pills in order to terminate her baby, and it is performed up to the 10th week of pregnancy. The procedure involves two steps. Step one, at the abortion clinic or doctor's office, the woman takes pills which contain mifepristone, also called RU-46. RU-46 blocks the action of a hormone called progesterone. Progesterone is naturally produced in the mother's body to stabilize the lining of the uterus. When RU-46 blocks progesterone, the lining of the mother's uterus breaks down, cutting off blood and nourishment to the baby, who then dies inside the mother's womb. It is important to note that even after it has been taken, it is possible to reverse the effects of RU-46 and save the baby if progesterone is administered. The sooner, the better. Step two, 24 to 48 hours after taking RU-46, the woman takes misoprostol, also called Cytotec, that is administered either orally or vaginally. RU-46 and misoprostol together cause severe cramping, contractions, and often heavy bleeding to force the dead baby out of the woman's uterus. The process can be very intense and painful and the bleeding and contractions can last from a few hours to several days. While she could lose her baby any time and anywhere during this process, the woman will often sit on a toilet as she prepares to expel the child, which she will then flush. She may Hence even see her abortions. dead baby within the pregnancy sack. At nine weeks, for example, the baby will be almost an inch long, and if she looks carefully, she might be able to count the fingers and toes. After she has disposed of her baby, the woman may have bleeding and spotting for several weeks. Bleeding lasts, on average, 9 to 16 days. 8% of women bleed more than 30 days, and 1% require hospitalization because of heavy bleeding. The failure rate increases as the pregnancy progresses. If failure occurs, she will usually be offered a surgical abortion. For the mother, medical abortion often causes abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, headache, and heavy bleeding. Maternal deaths have occurred, most frequently due to infection and undiagnosed ectopic pregnancy. 
As I mentioned at the beginning, I'm Dr. Anthony. There you go. That's good enough. Uh, stop it there if you would. So when I started the program, I talked about the biggest threat facing America, and that is abortion. Now, people say, well, there's bigger threats. No, not really, because a nation that kills its children has no future, folks. I mean, literally, in that we can't actually replace ourselves, right? We're not going to procreate. And the shedding of innocent blood brings down nations, according to scripture. So the biggest threat is abortion. And the biggest threat to the pro-life movement right now is this transition, this active uh, pre-med. I mean, these, these folks are, are really working hard to bring into uh, effect medical abortions, chemical abortions, toilet abortions, so that uh, the earlier a woman gets pregnant, she can have an abortion because Planned Parenthood has said several times in their marketing, if you're early uh, or if you're late, sorry, if you're late, act early. In other words, if you miss your, your, uh, your, uh, what do you call it? I forget. <laughs> there you go. If you miss miss your period, I had a, a mind block right there. If you miss your period, then uh, you need to act early. And that's why they're pushing these abortion pills. And so why is this a threat to the pro-life movement? First of all, uh, it's a di more difficult for us to, to target, if you will, or protest freestanding abortion clinics because they're not going to be abortion clinics. I mean, a, a woman's going to be able to get this so-called medication from anywhere, possibly, right, from a doctor or at some point over the counter. So the idea of sidewalk counseling, protesting, trying to prevent women from uh, having abortions at surgical facilities will become less and less uh, a, a viable option or method or tactic. Also, uh, the abortionist can be virtually anyone. It's going to be your, uh, possibly the person that you get your drugs from at the, uh, at the drugstore, the uh, pharmacist, eventually. And that's where they're headed. These, uh, this abortion pill, RU46, mifeprestone, is, is, is more likely going to be uh, offered over the counter. And if it is, what are you going to do? Are you going to protest every pharmacy in America? I mean, it's going to be very difficult to do. Uh, and also, it, you know, the difference between a surgical abortion where you're dismembering, decapitating a child is very graphic. It's gruesome. It's bloody. Uh, and of course, we have been using signs like that all over America for decades uh, to show what abortion is and does. But a chemical abortion is very different. You're just taking a pill, right? I mean, it's still awful for a woman and the baby, it's still as bloody, but it's not the dismembering, you see. And so people don't think it's that bad. They think, oh, I'm just going to take a pill. I'm going to go home and it's going to be over with rather than a surgical procedure. And therefore, it creates uh, some uh, challenges for us as a movement. So we need to be transitioning to uh, uh, to educating Americans on what the abortion pill does, what a toilet abortion is, and uh, this video is a good op uh, good good way to do that. As well as we need to be focusing less on surgical abortions in our outreaches and more on the uh, the chemical abortion types. 
So <clears throat> when it comes to the pro-life movement, when we're looking at heartbeat bills and dismemberment bills and late-term abortion and infanticide, we need to be not emphasizing that as much and going and educating people and starting to make progress as it relates to the abortion pill. Because there's nothing worse. Think about this. I mean, women are aborting their babies in the toilet. It's going into the, the, to the sewer system. That can't be hygienic. There's got to be ways that we can restrict the use of the abortion pill as well. And then finally, we have a sign. I want to go ahead and put that up. Uh, we use this sign for the abortion pill reversal because a, uh, a woman who has taken the abortion pill uh, there's a possibility of being able to reverse the abortion if a, if a second uh, drug is taken uh, even up to 48 hours after taking the first abortion pill. And so we have created a, a sign for the abortion pill reversal. And it, it directs young women or women who are thinking about abortion or have taken the abortion pill to abortionpillreversal.com, abortionpillreversal. Dot com. You can find out more about that if you go to abortionpillreversal.com. This sign is available on our website, on our store, that it can be purchased and we can send it to you. Uh, we need to be using this out in front of the abortion centers. If they're just abortion pill centers or they're surgical centers, this needs to be used. Folks, stick around uh, and be praying for us as we set our sights for the next several weeks with our road trip for life in Georgia and the presidential debates coming up on November 20th as we travel to Georgia. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808, 614-269-7808, or go online to createdequal.net, createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.